listening to AM Caps Podcast. I am your host, Kirsten Rich, and beside me I have co-host Melanie Rowling and co-host Reese Schultz. And today our special guest is Craig Miller from Sugar Fire. And so for anybody that's not familiar with Sugar Fire, Sugar Fire is an award-winning smokehouse. Um, they're located on Front Street in downtown Washington, and us as your host highly recommend you go try it out. Um, so, Craig, how did you get into the franchising? What was like your inspiration for it? Uh, franchising in general, um, we got we started here. We moved here in two thousand. Um, my wife and I purchased the Emos Pizza franchise here in town. Nice. Not to get off topic right at the yeah. beginning, um, uh, but that's how we got into town. And actually, uh, the owners and the people who developed the Sugar Fire franchise were friends of ours uh, that we got to know uh, on the Emos side. Um, Charlie Downs, who's uh, one of the original founders and Mike, with Mike Johnson and his wife, Carolyn Downs, uh, they put together the Sugar Fire Smokehouse. They were highly successful. They decided to do the franchise model, and they actually reached out to my wife, Stacy, and I, um, and just knowing that we were good operators and asked if we were interested in bringing that concept to Washington. Nice, nice. So you are originally from St. Louis, correct? That's correct, South St. Yeah. Louis County. So did you ever experience anything with Sugar Fire prior to moving to Washington? No, Sugar Fire didn't exist. Oh, okay. Uh, at the time, so... Uh, uh, I, I talked about the Emos thing briefly. Actually, that's where my wife and I met in high school. Um, we were high school sweethearts, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, and so the Emos opportunity came up. That's when we moved to Washington. The, that franchise became available out here. Uh, we took the leap uh, to go into business for ourselves. Um, so that's when we moved out was 2000, October of 2000, as I recall. Did you have any um, struggles with becoming a franchise? Was there any like big problems that you ended up having to face? Um, at the beginning, it's always uh, financing. Um, uh, we were looking to purchase an existing franchise. Um, we had the blessing of the franchisors that said, yeah, we really want you guys to do this. But at the time, I was a fairly recent college graduate. A few years out, I was 27 years old, I think, at the time. So wow. I've got college debt, like a lot of people that left. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. nothing in my financial portfolio to say, oh, sure, we'd like to borrow a whole lot of money to uh, buy an existing business. Luckily, we have, uh, uh, like I say, good, good banking partners through the franchise. Um, and most importantly, uh, my father-in-law, Stacy's dad, uh, put up his home as collateral because he believed in us as well. Oh, so wow. securing most of that loan came from that point. Um, and yeah, we worked like the Dickens from there on out to make sure that we paid that down first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then worked on the rest of the loan afterwards. Sounds like a, like a good deal going on. Um, so you said you went to college. What were you originally studying for? Um, so I went to Truman University, uh, graduated from there in 1994. I studied communications there. I was a print journalism guy, so um, I was ready to go off and work in the newspaper world and write articles. Yeah. Um, but I was also, I graduated a little early. I was 20 years old, um, and I didn't really have any internship experience. Yeah. So I'm a really young guy and no experience, so I decided to go to grad school. Um, so I went and studied at the William Allen White School of Journalism at uh, the University of Kansas. Um, and there I studied advertising and public relations. Um, I made it a point to do some interning there. So I worked at a, a couple of places, was a graduate teaching assistant for a while, um, and then left the university in 96 when I graduated there. 
So I worked for about three years in uh, corporate marketing and public relations before Emos came calling. So that, that really helped you out with that, that franchise then, right? The marketing? Uh, absolutely. People ask me all the time, it's like, well, you studied journalism. What are you doing in the restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think you guys probably know, I mean, a, a breadth of education is super important. Yeah. Um, and in fact, pretty early on, I became pretty involved with uh, both franchise models, involved in their advertising programs, doing some, you know, they're looking within first for some expertise on that stuff. So uh, we worked with Emos and with Sugarfire on, you know, hiring marketing people as well as, you know, what are we doing to try to promote ourselves. So yeah. I immediately put those skills to use, which was good. Yeah. So Mel actually had a question earlier that we were talking about, uh, about the interior design of your building. Do you want to ask that? Um, did you guys come up with the, like, design of the inside or was that like an original like carryover? Um, yes and no. Um, the restaurant design itself as far as the architecture and the equipment and everything else so we toured all of the existing Sugar Fire locations at the time there were three and we tried to they were a new franchise so they're learning as well so they set up the first kitchen they're like I you know the way business works, I don't know that I would do it this way again at the Olivet yeah. location. We went to the St. Charles location and they liked certain things about what they did there. We went to a Winghaven location and they liked certain things about what they did there. Yeah. So we worked with a designer to lay out that kitchen in a way that we thought was going to work for us. And I think we hit a home run. It's really been yeah. good for us uh, the way that kitchen flows. Um, one of the magical and fun things about Sugar Fire is that none of them are the same. So. From a franchising model that we have at Emos, which is pretty strict about, hey, these are the markings, this is what it's supposed to look like, this is what you're supposed to do, yeah. a little more cookie cutter. But one of the excitements about Sugar Fire for us is like, no, do whatever you want, make it look super cool and whatever. Yeah. So I give all the kudos to my wife and our team with uh, really trying to come up with a theme for that. We were kind of going for that uh, kind of 50s retro vibe. Yeah. And we shopped all kinds of... Uh, you know, we were at all the consignment shops around town and mm -hmm. in St. Louis and just trying to find a fun and kitschy experience. Um, yeah, Stacy, my wife, was at uh, all the high schools picking out yearbooks and getting old <laughs> photos and things yeah. like that. And we've had a number of people in town come in and say, hey, I'm in your bathroom. <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> like, that's my photo. I was there. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. It was fun project for yeah. sure. So at your shop, um, with the interior design, we notice, or I've noticed that you have all the soda caps that you sell mm -hmm. are built into the counter. Did you guys make that, or was that? We did that something? ourselves. Did that yourself? Wow. I remember sitting wow. there with uh, a number of our team members. <laughs> uh, we had good, really good construction partner in town with Andy Unterstall. He's our landlord, and um, certainly was doing the construction. And he left us one night with uh, a big stainless steel, you know, countertop that was empty. Yeah. Uh, we laid out thousands of bottle caps from our partner at Excel Beverage. Um, you'll notice we serve different sodas at Sugar Farm. Oh, yeah. Excel Beverage is out of Breeze, Illinois. We we're always looking for local partners, and they were the most, I guess, local you know distributor at the time. And that was a choice that uh, that they made at Olivet. Um, obviously, we have wonderful uh, you know local bottlers in Pepsi and New Haven and mm -hmm. things like that. 
Um, but they had made that decision, so that's where we were. So we got a bunch of caps from them and poured a bunch of epoxy, and we sat there and glued them down and, and <laughs> them out. It is a fun countertop for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the whole building is amazing. The way that you guys really... I don't know how to describe it, but it made it feel very fits into Washington. Yes, yeah, so you guys took a, a lot of time out of that yeah, and really put it, thought into and it. It's really unique. It really does show. Yeah, yeah. it really does. You know, we were attracted early on with that downtown location. Um, obviously, it's a wonderful view. It's a great mm-hmm. place to be. Um, downtown Washington has changed quite a bit in the last number of years. And when yeah. we first went down there, there wasn't as nearly as much as there is now or not as much development. Um, I don't know that we're responsible for that, uh, but that being said, you know, it takes somebody taking a risk to go down there and do that, and then a lot of people, you know, follow. I give all the kudos to Andy Understall for helping develop that uh, area down there, um, and yes, the retro kind of fun. We are a new building yeah. attached to an old section of town, which is, yeah. so we get to do a lot of fun new things as well as uh, enjoy the the retro feel of town. Also, kudos to the city. Um, they worked with the railroad down there, and they were able to pave that parking lot, and that's a big issue downtown. It's like, where are people going to park? Where are customers going to go? Yeah. So right across the street, we have access to a whole lot of parking, which a lot of places in downtown don't have. So yeah. uh, we looked at all of those factors when we're choosing a location, for sure. Yeah, yeah. we've just had um, Tyler King on here, and we were talking about that, like upcoming things in Washington and all that. We were talking yes. about, we even had Emily. Emily was talking about events and all that, too. Um, so what do you guys do, like, around Christmas time? Did you did you have anything special, anything special for Thanksgiving? Um, we close. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, obviously around the holidays, uh, especially in the restaurant industry, you know, People are back in town. College kids are back in town. People want to go out and dine out, so we get busy. We, you know, yeah. we, we ramp up for those things. Um, one of the things my wife and I decided is, you know, restaurant people we have crazy hours, um, and yeah. I, I wasn't kidding when I say we close. We do close on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and we do close on Christmas and Christmas Eve. Uh, but that being said, all the time around that is crazy. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, we do specials like coming up on Thanksgiving. We, you know, we do whole turkeys. We do, uh, you know, we're serving the whole meal kit. But we do pick up on Wednesday night and offer instructions for people to say, "Oh yeah, you can. We'll do all the cooking. Yeah. Here it is packed up. You can leave it in the oven or you know get it ready to go for tomorrow. And when everybody shows up, you're you're, you're rocking and rolling. So. Yeah. So you have you have like a lot of catering offers and stuff going on around Christmas. Yep, absolutely. Uh, company Christmas parties. Um, yeah. We're I guess we're still hot and heavy right now in the middle of wedding season, so we have a number of uh, local venues that we partner with. Mm-hmm. Um, we are obviously just get you know calls a la carte to say, hey, can you help us cater our wedding? So yeah. we've got a catering coordinator. Uh, Nikki is wonderful, and um, you know we're at different event centers all the time. Uh, and you know, staffing is an issue everywhere. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. for us, it's like, yeah. okay, well, we're gonna do a full bore wedding and it's Saturday night and we have all of our employees working on Saturday night and we're busy and we need you know five or six more to go and serve and clean up and take care of uh, some of those events that we have. Yeah. But we're thankful to have them and you know, yeah. really as part of you know doing business, it's a big part of what we do. So yeah. we enjoy that. <laughs> That's very nice. Um, so your wife, uh, she's also a co-owner, co-owner with you, right? Absolutely. Um, and we've seen that she does a lot of the pastries. She's like the head chef for that. Yep, she's our uh, pastry chef. She's from the beginning. She was, uh, you know, 
in any good partnership, you know, you have to have two partners that are excited about doing it. Yeah. Um, and when the Sugar Fire opportunity came up, um, she was super excited. She's always been a pastry chef, always been a dessert person. She was a nurse by trade, um, but she's just always enjoyed that. So she was excited to go the same way, training at all the other existing Sugar Fire locations. Uh, Carolyn Downs, who is uh, one of the original franchisors. Um, she is uh, an accomplished big, uh, pastry chef. Mm -hmm. So Stacy got to go and train with her in her big kitchen and you know learn all the sugar fire recipes as well as really just develop a friendship and, and work on being creative and doing the different things that she gets to do every day. So that being said, uh, we've got a very busy kitchen every morning getting ready for what we do every day. So she's in there super early, actually. Yeah. Mostly it's just her and our, our, our early pit person that's taking off all the smoked meats and she gets the kitchen to herself to make pies for the day, make cookies for the day, make cornbread for the day, any special desserts that she's doing that are seasonal, things like that. So. Um, so you said earlier that she went and trained with other sugar fires. Did she, did you guys come up with like certain recipes that you wanted at your locations with pastries, or did you kind of copycat from what you've learned? Um, sugar fire has a you know they have five signature pies. They've mm -hmm. got cookies that they do. They've got different things that we kind of offer on a daily basis. So it was making sure that was consistent mm -hmm. uh, at the first part. But again, one of the joys of sugar fires that you can do something different every day. In fact, they encourage that right yeah. so we have different specials every day that we're doing that are different than the other locations um, we yes we do different uh, desserts that we find that sell better locally than they do at other places so they're they really give you a lot of free range with uh, doing those kinds of things yeah so that's yeah. one of the things she likes about it she's got you know it's like any creativity in the kitchen, you uh, come up with some ideas on your own, which is cool, but we're also finding things that are out there, you know, we're, we're watching Pinterest and yeah. we're seeing what's trending <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and the same way going, I can make that, sure, let's do that and let's see how that goes. So, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a lot of that too. So just a lot of testing things out, kind of figuring out the algorithm of what hits downtown Washington. She is certainly a favorite among the staff because uh, she, they come into work you know, bright and early and she trying out something different she's like will you guys try this and tell me what this is oh, good yeah. like, I, I bet that's awesome like, yeah. we love you thank you <laughs> yeah. is there anything specific to Washington that sell like um, I know Melanie wanted to ask about your best-selling item but is there anything like a recipe that you've made that is specific to Washington um, she does an uh, uh, apple pecan crumb cheesecake that works out really well she does uh, there are a lot of St. Louis things that we brought from St. Louis County, right? So she does a red velvet gooey butter cake that goes out, and it's always gone before it goes, and or, you know, always gone, or sold out early, I guess I should yeah. say. Um, so yeah, there's just a, a lot of things. I don't know about specific to Washington. I know there's one uh, particular uh, pumpkin bars that oh. she does that are super popular that yeah it's kind of a combo and I believe she got that for a recipe from a friend that she uh, gives kudos to all the time she's like people really love that thank you <laughs> yeah we take a lot of field trips downtown so we're definitely going to have to stop by if we get a yes. little bit later of a trip normally we're kind of out of there by 10 so she's yeah. probably going to kill me if she uh, you know has a dial it in day where she's just doing all the regular desserts and people are going to come in now and say what's special today and she's like I, I wasn't prepared <laughs> <laughs> too much promotion <laughs> um what would you say your guys's like most sold item would be um 
Well, we do analytics from uh, we, we, among all the uh, locations. Just they they notice that we sell a lot more pulled pork in Washington than we do at, at a lot of the other locations. Um, it just seems to be super popular. Now that being said, um, you know probably our biggest seller is our signature sandwich, the Big Muddy. Uh, and that's also kind of unique to Washington. People really like that here in town. It's brisket, it's uh, jalapeno yeah. cheddar sausage, yeah. it's the sweet barbecue sauce, the white barbecue sauce. Uh, maybe we can uh, attribute that to our local vendor, Williams Brothers, who yeah. uh, provides us with an awesome jalapeno cheddar sausage. Yeah, we actually just had Williams Brothers on the other day. Yes. Um, so that podcast will be coming out soon. <laughs> yeah. But how much do they help with your business? What, what normally do they do? Um, we've had a relationship with Williams Brothers over the years. Again, with the other franchise, we, we try to buy locally wherever we can. So whatever opportunity we had on, on the Emo side, we, we cultivated that and used that. Um, but <clears throat> when we came to them with the sugar fire idea, we actually, that jalapeno cheddar sausage was made in St. Louis. And, you know, we asked specifically if we could use this local vendor. And they went over the top to try 14 different ways to do it, and they brought down the, the St. Louis crew from Sugar Fire to taste, and they're just super helpful with that. So, And that was going to be a standard menu item, and uh, they just knocked it out of the park with that. So we use that every day, and we go through cases and cases at yeah. a time. Are there any? So we also do, uh, when we do specials, we always buy pork steaks from there, which are super popular when we do those on the weekends. Um, really anything that we can buy, we buy hams from them that we smoke, we do different things. So. Are there any other vendors from Washington that you guys use, or is it just Williams Brothers? Well, you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, so, well, we use All Pro Supply. They supply chemicals for us. Um, we obviously have uh, local service contractors that are dealing, with, you know, with uh, the HVAC systems, the yeah. other things. Um, I'm trying to think of other local food vendors, and I'm drawing a blank right off the top. I shouldn't do that, but <laughs> put me on the spot Sorry. on that one. But yeah, no, w w wherever we can buy that stuff locally, um, like I say, I know All Pro Supply. Um, I know that uh, there's, there's just a bunch of companies that we've had relationships with. And as a franchise, they come in and say, hey, you can use these people for these things. And we always try to pick things out and say, well, we can do that better here, or we can spend that money locally yeah. if we can. Yeah. 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 No, it all, it always is better shopping local. I've always like really advocated yeah. for that. I love small businesses. That's why I love downtown really. Yeah. A rising tide raises all boats. So, yeah. you know, if, yeah, we keep the money at home is the best way to do it if you can. That, and isn't it a little bit faster to shop around here? Does that really affect? Yeah, many times. I mean, you, you receive the benefits um, in, yes, just that local service touch is nice. So we need yeah. something, somebody will run it over. Or I can send an employee out to go get it. You know? yeah, 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 that's really nice. Um, so speaking of local, we noticed that you have a daughter, mm -hmm. and she's going to be 22 soon. Yeah. It, <laughs> I know, we've done, our, we've done a lot of research. Yes. Um, so does she plan on um, taking over at any point, or what, what is her plan there? Um, her plan, she's uh, a fourth year of a five-year graduate program at Kansas State University. Wow. Uh, she's studying landscape architecture there. Um, her plan is to study abroad next semester in Vienna, which is super exciting for yeah. her. Yes. Um, uh, no, as I, you know, we've talked with Abby about that over the years. I don't think she has an interest in uh, the family business, as mm -hmm. it were, um, and We've had that discussion over the years. She loves it. She loves being a part of it. She's yeah. worked there, you know, all through high school. She does 
she used to come back and work uh, even during the college years, uh, but lately she's been doing internships or different things, um, you know, as she pursues her own career. Um, but that being said, we have those relationships we talk about. So we have, between all the franchises, we have about 25 per location, about 100 employee. My wife and I refer to them as our 100 children. Yeah. Um, and they are wonderful. They're the best part of the business. And we have uh, people at each location that are all interested in becoming owners one day or doing yeah. some of that. So, uh, you know, as we're not getting any younger, we look to transition that to them as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've definitely taken notice on that on your website that you, like, give them their own little space bar and everything at the bottom and their description of how they affect your business. Yeah. And we thought that was amazing. I need to update that, actually. <laughs> it's like any business, really good. Like any business, uh, those things change over time. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we have some employees come, some go. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, now that you mention it, I'm like, I think there's at least one person who's transitioned away. So, But we yeah. have different people in those spots, yeah, too. No, so. But it, it's definitely a amazing that you take notice in that of how each employee affects your business yeah. and that you show that on there. They're the yeah. most valuable part of the business. Yeah. You know, I can't do everything. I can help them. I can steer them. But they're the ones that and and I'm always amazed when just customers come in or friends of mine around town will come to me and say, hey, we were here or we were there and we dealt with this person and man, they're fantastic. And that's always the greatest compliment we can get. Um, for that employee, obviously, we make sure to pass that along, but to know that, uh, yeah, those places are well taken care of and yeah. we, we invest in that talent um, and we try to provide a path forward for those people, you yeah. know, so we, we, get, we are blessed with wonderful people to take care of the businesses. Well, customer service nowadays, we've talked about that before in class, yes. is just, it's hard to come by. It's, it's hard to come by good people. It's it really is. Um, yeah, we, like I said, we've got lots of good people. I know we cultivate that. We try to create a culture of uh, yes all the time to say when somebody comes in, can I do this? And yeah, find a way to do that. Let's see what yeah. we can do. Um, many times we're training young employees how to have a job. It's their first time doing something yeah. you know, outside of the home or cutting grass or whatever. So we've got lots of 15 and a half, 16 year olds that this is the first time they've done this. So hey, can you answer the phone and take an order? Yeah. Um, hey, can you smile at the counter and talk to these people? I know, I'm pretty sure you can clean stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we can train you on, on all the basics, but uh, yeah, sometimes we're training them, you know, to have the confidence to just be, they're, they're all great employees, they're yeah. all great kids, um, but sometimes it's uh, helping them have the confidence to project that to yeah. customers. Yeah, yeah, just a little push. Um, so let's let's go ahead. What advice would you give to the younger business people? I know we've talked a lot about you know youth and stuff like that. Us being business students and wanting to look into that career field, what advice would you give us? Um, I, we are super blessed to be where we're at, um, and it wasn't an easy road. Um, entrepreneurship, I guess technically. I mean, even though it's within a franchise model, which is. Uh, takes a little of that risk away from opening up something on your own is still a great risk. Um, it's a financial risk. Um, it was easier for me to take that risk when I was 27 years old. So um, we looked at each other and said, sure, we're going to jump in with both feet. Worst case scenario, we fall on our face and we try something else later, right? Yeah. Um, and we were both trained uh, to do other jobs if that didn't work out. But that being said, 
you know, the advice is, you know, find something that you love to do. Um, and if your passion is your work, it, does, it seems a lot less like work every day. Yeah. So spending those hours uh, doing that, paying down loans and learning to do new things and within the scope of being something that we love to do, it made all those hours pretty easy. Um, and it made all those, you know, we, we've reaped the benefits of that. So yeah, that's uh, the advice I would say is find something that you have a passion for. Um, and and you'll find I don't know many people who are successful who are super successful at something that they don't like to do. Yeah. So find something that you love to do, uh, which is a not an easy question, right? It's yeah. not easy for uh, people your age, for young people to say, "Hey, I think this is what I want to be when I grow up." Uh, Stacy and I talk about that all the time. We're not sure what we want to be when we grow up, <laughs> but this has been a very fun ride. Yeah. Yeah, no. I always go by the motto: when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I don't know why. I think I think one teacher said that to me. I think it was a volleyball coach back in like middle school, and it's like stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So, and entrepreneurship something that I'm really really yeah. interested in. Like whenever we talked about Emily, I talked about I owned kind of like a small online boutique, and yeah, being an entrepreneur, you never you never stop. How do you balance that? Whenever you have two franchises and you're an entrepreneur, does does business ever stop for you? No, it doesn't. It's uh, between the two franchises, we're open very late and uh, also open very early. Um, so, you know, I think we, on Friday and Saturday night, we close at one, employees are, or pardon me, close at midnight, so people are out of there by one, and the uh, barbecue place is open by six, so that doesn't give us very <laughs> much time. Now, again, we have wonderful staff to take care of most of that for us, but on those days when you are closing and then opening and things like that, it, it can be difficult. Um, but we work very hard, uh, you know, Sunday I try very hard to make that our day off and, and stay away. And, you know, again, it's how we treat the staff, how we uh, empower the staff to do wonderful things. They are the same way. They're like, hey, let's leave those guys alone this day. And so we plan family things around that. We, we were able to take vacations. Um, we are able to do other things. Um, at the beginning, it wasn't necessarily that that wasn't the case. But it's also been helpful for us that uh, Stacy and I have been involved in those businesses together. So, you know, yeah. we... We may not get Friday and Saturday night like uh, a lot of people that do nine to fives, but we do yeah. get a lot of uh, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons together to do things too. So we, we're just very mindful of making sure that quality time is there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good way to balance that's it. That's very important, yeah. yeah. Yep. All righty, well, we're out of time for today, so thank you so much for joining us. We hey, really thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Had a lovely time, and we'll see you guys next time.